Join Jeanette as she educates owners how to continue empowering their puppies to ensure they become balanced and fulfilled dogs. The first questions were about service dogs. Let me read the question to you. I would love to hear if and how to approach people with service dogs. This is a great question. I'm so glad Jill brought this up. There's a service dog who was working with the guy at my gym and I love all dogs. And I'm so happy when I get to see a dog at my gym, but it's hard to know the PC way to interact with service dogs and owners. Am I supposed to act like there isn't a dog in the room? Can I comment how good he is being? Can I ask if the dog is working right then? Or if I can say hello? Do owners just want to be approached or just be left alone? All right. Great service dog questions because we don't always know. And Hunter, I saw was on here too. So Hunter, go ahead and chime in because you have a service dog. I know she's just been in the hospital recently too and had her dog. So tell us what you prefer. But what I'm going to say is overall, I'm speaking for a whole entire group. So first, of all, please understand that there's absolutely going to be variables to this, uh, depending on the person. Some people are more outgoing and don't mind stopping and talking and don't mind if you pet their dog with permission. However, here's my opinion and my take on this because I've also trained service dogs. So I've been out in public with them. So I've gotten to see firsthand what it's like when people try to distract the dog, they stop and talk, they start to pet the dog without my permission. You know, you get the whole gamut of the way people respond to you when you're in public with a dog. Number one, something people don't think about is they may have the dog because they have severe social anxiety. (laughs) When I place with these dogs too, I do tell people like, look, I know you got social anxiety, but you having this dog in public is now going to garner more attention your way. Do you feel comfortable with that? Because that absolutely will happen. And let's be honest, my dogs are handsome as heck, man. Like they are noticed wherever they go. If you are single out there, get a doodle and head out in public and you'll have uh, plenty of opportunities to meet and talk to people like they are the chick and dude magnet. But as a whole, so first of all, you don't know if it's severe anxiety or even PTSD. Many of these dogs have been trained to body block and give their owner some space from other people. So you coming up and talking and asking may be exactly what they're trying to avoid. And I know that's incredibly difficult when you see a dog. Here's my best, my best advice to you. Because then, you know, the other thing too, like when I was out training, I'm busy, I'm trying to get things done. I'm trying to grocery shop, then I have an appointment and to continue to be stopped and have to talk gets exhausting. It just does. And sometimes I just didn't want to. Like I said, I don't want to talk about it. We're training, I've got stuff to do. And that's going to be the same thing for the handler. Think of it from their point of view of everywhere they go and everything they do, they're being stopped and have to explain and talk. And yes, you can pet. No, you can't pet. This is why. You know, that's incredibly exhausting. But sometimes, you know, maybe they're okay stopping and educating. I would look to the handler And if they give you eye contact, then maybe potentially you can approach. But overall, this is what I say, so that you're not disrupting the dog, you're not distracting the dog from working. Because if you have a dog out in public and people are constantly approaching and petting, this could ruin someone's service dog because then a dog goes out in public and they've been rewarded. Oh, they're going to pet me. They're going to pet me. Are you going to pet me? Will you pet me? Hey, are you going to pet me? Right? So that's what they're thinking. That's what they're wanting because people come and pet them. It's like Pez dispenser. 
So everybody they meet pets them. Now we get this shift of this dog is not focused on, you know, the diabetic scent or medical alert or body blocking. Instead, now they're looking to everybody. You're going to pet me, right? You're going to pet me, right? It becomes this more self-serving thing. So number one, that. Number two, like I said, time, you know, distracting people, stopping people. This is what I tell my kids too. If a dog has a vest on, and by law, a service dog doesn't even have to have a vest on, but generally people do because it's much easier to get into the public and public locations rather than without a vest, you'll get questioned more. It's their superhero cape. Here's how to think about it. When they have that vest on, it's their superhero cape that makes them invisible. You pretend like the dog's not there. That's truly the most polite, respectful thing you can do. And I know it's hard because especially if they're a cute doodle or you're just fascinated and amazed at how focused and how beautiful this dog is performing with this owner. It is okay to feel that and watch that and have true gratitude to this amazing connection between dog and human, the true power of a dog working But in order for them to continue to be that solid of a team, leave them alone. So when they have their cape on, their vest on, it's like their cloak of invisibility. You cannot see them. So that's kind of the rule I live by to ensure that they continue working so beautifully and that dog continues to function for that owner. So there is my take on how or when or should you approach a service dog. Pretend like they're invisible. They got their cape on. Good morning, Rachel. Let's read what Hunter had to say because she does have a service dog. It depends on what I'm doing. If it's obvious I am busy or look like I'm in a rush, I don't like being interrupted, right? I know. That was always me too. I'm like, goodness sakes, I'm trying to get this done. I like talking and sharing the importance of their work. Absolutely. So, you know, like I said before, if they give you eye contact and they seem friendly, like, you know, they're in the mood to share and talk, then maybe, you know, approach and just ask. But please never, ever touch a service dog without permission. Number one, it's not that they're mean or they don't want to be pet. But like I said, if you do that, then when these dogs go out in public, they're looking to everybody else for love and affection rather than being focused on their job with their handler. And number two, you know, you don't want them to be startled or I don't want someone just grabbing at my dog. It's just really, really impolite. So always, always ask if you can interact with the dog and then don't be offended or rude if they say no. (laughs) This just happened to Jenna. She's training Forrest in public access and we were at Walgreens and he's performing beautifully and someone, they asked Jenna, is it okay if I pet your dog? And he said, no, I'm sorry, he's working, right? And they were kind of rude to her, like they were all bent out of shape, their feelings were hurt, like people feel they're entitled to pet someone else's dog. So please, please don't be rude to the trainers, the handlers of these service dogs. Please understand that people put a ton of time and money into these dogs, and you don't have a right to pet them, to touch them, to talk to them. The other thing is too, you know, when I've trained service dogs out in public, I've had people intentionally try to get their attention by whistling or talking to them when, you know, I'm walking by, making a funny noise, trying to distract the dog. And I think that's so incredibly rude and disrespectful. So please make sure you're not doing that either. It's selfish and it's immature and it's ridiculous, quite frankly. So Remember, if you see a dog in their vest, specifically working for one person, 
then that's their cloak of invisibility. They do not exist. Now, if you see a dog in a vest and everybody's petting, depending on where you are, it could be a therapy dog, right? So therapy dogs wear vests too, but usually it's marked on their vest, you know, pet me, I'm here for you, come give me love or whatever. But it also has to make sense where you're at. Therapy dogs do not have legal access rights to Walmart, to Outback Steakhouse, to a hospital, unless they go, well, hospital, if they go in with their therapy dog team. And they generally are with more than one dog. So if the environment feels like, oh, these dogs are here for us, then you absolutely would be petting and interacting with the dog. That's the difference between a service dog and a therapy slash facility dog. A service dog works for one person has specific training to help that person mitigate a specific disability. That dog has ADA rights to enter anywhere that that human goes, as long as they're not being disruptive or mean. A therapy dog is a pet that has been trained to work for other people, to provide comfort in a setting for a small amount of time. So they may go to a school for just an hour and leave. They may go to long-term care facility and visit people and then leave. And they go back home and they're a pet. Therapy dogs are under an organization like Therapy Dogs International, Delta Pet Partners. They had to pass the training and requirements. The insurance is held under this organization and they only work where this organization has an account with that location. And they're also insured underneath that organization. And you have to follow their rules and regulations and whatnot. It's just, it's somebody's pet that they've trained to be a therapy dog. Like if you trained your dog to go do agility or something, right? A facility dog, the difference between a facility dog is it is not working under an organization like a therapy dog, and it's not working for one person to mitigate a disability like a service dog. A facility dog is a fairly new thing, which I'm so excited to be a part of really pushing this and educating this into facilities is one dog works for the facility. So for the dentist's office, it's like a mascot. When you think facility dog, think of it being like a mascot for one location, for University of Nevada, Reno, for a funeral home, for a specific classroom or school, for a counselor in their office. We placed with a high-end office of architects who they just wanted you know, the relief and release of a dog in their office. It's high stress. People are working long hours and, you know, they have a dog working for them. So that's the difference between a service therapy and facility dogs. If you go into a facility or dental clinic and there's a dog that's like a mascot, they're there to be pet. (laughs) That's exactly their job. If you see a group of dogs coming in to visit and then they leave and they're all wearing the same color vest and a lot of times the handlers are wearing the shirts to identify them, that's a therapy dog. They're there for you as well. A service dog is with one person, could be anywhere in public. That dog needs to be wearing its super, super human, super dog cape, superhero, the superhero cape the cloak of invisibility. So that's a good way to remember how to handle a service dog in public. All right. Great question. Thank you, you guys. Heather says, I take my dogs out without vests and people always ask for permission, but I live in the South. It was different in Vegas. Jennifer says, I need a vest for Enzo that says in training, he isn't a service dog, but sometimes the people approaching will derail our training session. Yeah. So even if it, you know, I'm not training a service dog and if I'm out training, 
you know, part of training out in public is watching people. Like I work really hard to not give eye contact, number one, you know, because that always can invite people in. But I see as soon as you know, you know, people are coming to approach you, you know, they're coming to talk to the dog. And I literally just have to stop. I'm like, I'm so sorry, we're training right now, we cannot visit. And I think it's a very polite, but impactful way of saying, bugger off. Sorry, like we got stuff to do. Again, they can ruin your puppy. It's a fine balance of you want your dog to be open to strangers and stranger handling and interacting with someone they don't know. We absolutely want them to be okay with that. But on the swing side of things, we don't want them to have so much overexcitement every time they see somebody. Why? Because they're being rewarded. They're excited And the reward is the person comes over and pets them. So we're literally rewarding the crazy in our puppy. And then it makes it harder and harder and harder to break that bad habit. So absolutely stand up for your dog. It doesn't even have to be a service dog. If you're out walking, if you go to the park and you're training and you want calm, focused behavior, then you absolutely have the right. And you should not feel bad about saying, oh, I'm sorry, we cannot visit right now. We're in training. Thank you, though. Done and turn around and walk away. Like that's just that. We don't owe people anything. And they're my dog, not theirs. And it's my job to be the advocate for my dog to ensure that they are the most balanced and neutral dog. And if that means telling people keep their hands off, then that's absolutely what I will do. If I'm at a point in training where I would like a stranger to approach and pet my dog, then I'll say, yes, actually you can, but can I please have you do this, this, and this? So I'll say, Let me put the dog in a sit. And if at any point they stand up, you know, then please stop petting. So I would love your help in training. We're learning how to be approached by a stranger. I'm so glad you asked. Like, bring them in and have them help you. Like, so even for a pet dog, accepting stranger handling is important. And it's part of the AKC canine good citizen test as well. Like, can your dog be approached by a stranger? So it is an important life tool for them to be as happy as possible and as neutral and balanced. But we absolutely have to make sure we're not creating or rewarding over excitement. So yeah, good. I'm glad you brought that up. Greetings from Poland. Oh my gosh. Heather says, my therapy dog expects everyone to pet her in public. Yeah, because that's what she's trained to do. That's my Holly too. She'll just go up to everybody. Are you going to pet me? Are you going to pet me? I'll just tell her, go visit. You know, that was the word we use for her when she worked and she's getting a little old. I don't know that I'll ever be able to work her again, but the command is go visit. And then she knew she would just naturally go from person to person. Are you going to pet me and put her head on their lap or in their hand? And it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. If you're interested in training your dog to be a therapy dog, I highly, highly encourage it. It was rewarding in a way that I never expected from meeting my favorite place that I worked for over a year. Every Thursday night was the Marquee Care Center in Las Vegas, long-term facility care. And you start to get to know, you know, the patients there, the residents there. And when you see your, your dog, when it's unfolding before your eyes, what one dog can do for people even once a week is incredibly rewarding. And that relationship between my dog and I really shifted and became so much deeper than it ever would have been because we are experiencing things together and working together. I know at one point they called us in and my dog was with a person as they died. And then you walk out of there and being able to share that moment together, it really does. It brings you closer together. So it 
You know, you don't have to visit long-term care facilities. That was incredibly difficult. Not only, you know, were we present during one death, but you go one week and then the next week they're gone. You know, their sign on their door is done. The room is vacant. And you're like, I've been visiting with this person for an entire year and they're gone just like that. So it's, it's difficult. And to see the dog get excited because you know who's in that room and then you know, they're not anymore. Sorry. I still, I love those patients that I visited with for, you know, over a year, they really became part of my life. And sharing that with my dog was incredibly rewarding. So if it's something you're interested in, I I highly encourage it. Almost everywhere, Therapy Dogs International has headquarters and trainers. You have to contact them, see what their rules and regulations are. Your dog has to pass their testing. It's basically, and most of them now all are canine good citizen test. You can look it up online, AKC canine good citizen test. You can print out, I'm actually an evaluator. You can print out what the dog has to do. And once they pass that test, generally you're good to go, like sign their forms and and then you need to decide and they'll help you based on your dog, how unpredictable of an environment you can work in. So like the dog I was working at that time was not ideal for schools or more unpredictable environments. He absolutely excelled in the same people, the same place, the same sounds, the same smell kind of thing. And so that's, he did beautifully with that. So they'll help guide you too on what you feel comfortable with what your dog would best serve and they'll help you put all that together. So anyway, that's my spiel on um, therapy dogs. 